Welcome, everyone, to this Sunday edition of BAMS Radio. I am Drew Yarman. As uh, we, our topic today is going to be something that you know, everybody, it was inevitable, it was going to happen. But you, you uh, and I know I wasn't on the latest edition. Uh, this earlier this week, I was chasing information, and it's been just a surreal several days. But it is now official, and I think everybody knows. Uh, you know that follows the Crimson Tide. Uh, it's an end of an era, end of the greatest era. No disrespect to Coach, you know Paul William Bryant, who was the head football coach at Alabama from '58 to 1982. But the greatest era and run in Crimson Tide and college football history is over. Dick Saban, being the head coach at Alabama from 2007 through 2023, and uh, his he wins six national championships to equal Coach Bryant seven overall with his one at LSU and wins over 300 games in his storied career. But he is now uh, officially retired. He and Miss Terry no longer leading the Alabama Crimson Tide football program. And we're going to talk about that and the new era with Kalen DeBoer. I was there yesterday, had a chance to meet coach, uh, the new era of Alabama football underway. We'll talk about that and more. And of course, we're going to take your questions from Twitter uh, there's a lot, you know, of uh, interest right now, a lot of questions. Uh, we'll start trying to get some of those answers, but certainly we're looking forward to it. And uh, we'll talk about it with Thomas the Wizard Watts, who's, of course, in the uh, Port City of Mobile. He's producing the show, going to have his thoughts and takes. And then from 89 to 93, William Redfish Barger, and uh, he is going to uh, give us his thoughts on Nick Saban, the end of that era, and Kalen DeBoer. And we're going to talk a lot of roster stuff, too, because there's a lot of movement. Isaiah Bond now looks like he is going to be a Texas Longhorn. Amari Nyblack goes into the portal yesterday. Uh, Amar, uh, you know, Antonio Kite into the portal. Uh, you know, Jake Pope has gone into the portal and gone to Georgia. Uh, so we, we've seen a lot of movement uh, on this Alabama roster, even since yesterday, Des Ricks is now into the portal. So, uh, but of course, as I've said, the portal can give it as well as take it. So. We'll talk about that and more, and uh, we're going to talk uh, Alabama football right here for the next hour or so. But, uh, William, uh, it's really surreal that Nick Saban is not uh, coaching anymore. I'll just tell you how twilight zone-ish it's been. I was in Tuscaloosa yesterday for the press conference. I was uh, going to uh, dinner with a good brother of mine, Ryan Fowler, in the radio business, and I realized uh, that I had made a a crucial error because uh, we were in the parking lot and I was getting some things out of my vehicle and I left my cell phone on top of the roof of my car and we drove off. And so I ended up, luckily Ryan was driving his vehicle, but we had to turn around and go back and get my cell phone because I couldn't be without it during these times. And on our trip back, we uh, came across an intersection. And to tell you how, how twilight zone-ish it really is, it's a... Uh, we had there was a black Mercedes that crossed in front of us, and it was Nick Saban and Miss Terry, and he wasn't in the building working. It was like the Twilight Zone. <laughs> well, let me let me say this, Drew. I mean, it's been a God, a, excuse me, a most interesting week for me, a most dysfunctional <laughs> week for me. Um, I, you know, I I, I I I caught the flu um, about this time last week on Sunday. Um, I was having lunch with my personal doctor and got a tickle in my throat and it it progressed real rapidly, you know, turned into, you know, 104 degree fever and, um, you know, just all kinds of other nasty stuff. And then, you know, when Nick Saban dropped that, you know, unprepared bomb in my lap, um, you know, it was, it was almost like the, you know, the Oppenheimer effect to me. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you know, I'm, I'm sick. You know, my eyes are burning. I can't see straight. And now Nick Saban's going to abandon me. Um, you know, I mean, I ain't going to lie to you. Um, you know, it was tough for me. I, I can provide you uh, texts and tweets from 15 different formate, you know, former teammates of mine that were, you know, totally caught off guard, even though uh, two of them have three kids on the team right now. Right. And so – you know, that, that's life, you know, I mean, you, you think things happen and maybe you're not prepared for them. And I certainly wasn't for this. And, you know, you got to adjust and you got to move on. But um, 
I, I'll tell you this, um, just from a football standpoint, um, you know, from being in a locker room from, you know, age seven to age 23, I love the press conference yesterday um, from, from, from Coach DeBoer. Um, I, I think this guy really gets it. Um, you know, we were talking off air. Um, you know, the thing that, that it reminds me of more than anything, and, and you know, our, our rivals, you know, Tennessee, Auburn, LSU, whoever, you know, can kind of, you know, poo-poo the hire all they want to, but it really, really digs at my soul and reminds me of when the University of Florida hired Urban Meyer, um, you know, when he had gone from uh, Bowling Green to Utah, had a lot of success with the dual threat offense. And, you know, the University of Florida hires Urban Meyer. And, and I think that's what this reminds me of the most is, you know, bringing this guy in. But, you know, Drew, football's football. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, at the fifth grade level, the seventh grade level, uh, you know, the college level. The guy's won at every level that he's ever been at. Um, I do think he has some key pieces of his coaching staff um, uh, that he had with him along the ride that he's going to bring to Tuscaloosa. Um, and, and, and I think he's going to, you know, kind of mix the staff up a little bit with, you know, holdovers from Washington, a couple of holdovers from, you know, Nick Saban's staff, and then he's going to probably go mining for, you know, other guys, but, I think the guy gets it, and and that's all that matters to me is that, you know, he's been at a place. So let's just look at it like this. So we're, we're me, you, and Thomas, and, and the listeners of this show are all diehard Alabama fans. And so Nick Saban decides to retire. And, you know, uh, the, the Alabama uh, athletic director, Greg Byrne, you know, beats his own self-set timeline, which I found pretty impressive um, in its own right. And, you know, we get a chance to hire the guy that lost the national championship game. So, in my mind, when you put that together from a football standpoint, um, the only other guy that you could have gone out there and gotten besides, you know, Coach DeBoer, would have been Kirby Smart, and we all know what kind of pipe dream that would have been. So, as a former Alabama football player, as somebody that's, you know, got the juice in their system that really cares about this program, somebody wants to try and tell me that I'm supposed to be upset and thinks it's a negative that the guy that Greg Byrne went out there and snatched up um, with a great NIL system in place. I mean, you know, think about the companies in the Seattle area that Coach DeBoer was working NIL deals with. We're talking about Amazon. We're talking about Microsoft. We're talking about Starbucks. Um, if, if, if somebody wanted to present that thing to me, and say, are you going to be negative about this? Um, and you think this is a bad deal? And my, my response to that is, if you know, unless Alabama could have gotten Kirby Smart, which we know we couldn't have gotten, I can't think of a better candidate, Drew, um, to take this program over to Nick State. And, 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 you know, turn it into a positive. And, you know, I think if the fan base, for whatever their reasons are, and I've got former teammates of mine that thinks, you know, it's a negative. But you, you lose Nick Saban and you get the guy that ru finished runner-up for the national championship game, why would any of us be thinking that this is a bad hire? Because it's not. Oh, no, it's not at all. I mean, I, and this is kind of a good segue. I can tell you guys, I would have filled in some of this stuff on the tribute show. But as I said, I, 
was too busy returning calls, text messages, and starting to, to chase information. But I can tell you kind of what happened on Wednesday. I, I got a text about 2 o'clock from one of the two or three best sources I got. And he said, hey, man, did you hear T-Rob's leaving for Georgia? And I said, what? And he goes, I said, is that, is that official? He goes, well, I, I've been hearing since noon that, it was, that, that it's happening. And I was like, well, I can't believe that. I would have thought he would be promoted to D.C. and, uh, and, and that, you know, and, and I knew or, or at least co-D.C. and get a bump in pay and, you know, and maybe assistant head coach title or something that he and Durkin would be running the defense. And he's like, well, here's what's happening. And, I, and, and, then, and then during this time when Bo Davis was officially announced at LSU. And, and then I told the guy, I said, and, and furthermore, I can't believe you didn't try to hire Bo. And then he came back and told me a few minutes later, he said, uh, he said, um, uh, he said, hey, um, he said, he tried to hire Bo. He did. He tried. He tried. He said, but Bo didn't want to come because he thinks he's going to retire in a year or two. He didn't want to commit. He goes, and T-Rob didn't want to commit either. He said he's getting really frustrated because he can't retain the staff he wants and he can't hire the staff he wants. And and furthermore, they've only got eight scholarship offensive linemen for the spring. And he's like, and they don't, and he was, he begged McLaughlin to stay. He wouldn't, he's just getting really frustrated. And uh, he's probably 50, 50 on retiring. I said, really? He said, but he's been frustrated before. And so I was like, okay. And I, and then I talked to our good friend Rodney Orr on the phone and we exchanged information. It didn't all, we wasn't matching for both of us, but we had some of the same stuff and we both thought, you know, that, that he, he would figure out a way to keep T Rob and, and get past the frustration. Cause he's been, again, uh, it's, this is not the first time. And, and again, Alabama's, they, they functioned without Bo Davis. So it's like, you know, just move on. And then I, I'll just tell the story. I took a small nap. I get up. I've got six missed calls and 88 text messages. And I know something's happened. They're telling me to look at Chris Lowe because I had woken up at four o'clock because Rodney and I both knew that there was a team meeting at four. But the, the word was that uh, it was going to be just to set the agenda, the offseason program and spring practice, just like as usual. But it turns out that right before, you know, and you've seen the, heard the story, Coach has said it himself, he was going back and forth on whether or not to retire. Now, I several weeks before now, I can tell you straight from the horse's mouth, because Greg Byrne told us yesterday, they knew by the middle of this season that he might retire. So they all knew that this could happen. So they had a contingency plan. And they, now I will say this, when he went into the meeting, only Miss Terry some board of trustee people, burn and and some power brokers knew he was about to retire. Nobody in that building, players or coaches, had a clue. I know you didn't have a clue, William. I didn't have a damn clue. Thomas didn't have a clue. Nobody did. And so at 420, that's when all hell broke loose because he decided to retire. I mean, damn, 20 minutes before he did it, he was interviewing a wide receivers coach candidate. So it's just been crazy. Uh, and then, you know, and I, and then I'll wear it. I'll talk about the search a little bit. I thought it was Dan Lanning, and I trust me. After you know, following this thing for two days, being <coughs> in Tuscaloosa yesterday, from and talking to very, 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 very well placed sources, Lanning wasn't even offered. He wasn't even in the running. So after I hey went, Drew, guess what? I got to wear the sink and snow that you do, because I kind of got led down the road to perdition about Sark in the same manner. Um, now, I'll, I'll, I'll share with you what I learned about Lanning. Um, I, and I'm not trying to interrupt you. I just wanted to say, you know, where, where, where your where, where rag um, about Lanning, because I got to wear the same rag about Sark. So, you know, we're in the same boat, brother, and I'm going to keep paddling. Well, I'll just and – and I'll fill in some more on that, too. So, as soon as that was a whiff, I started working the phones like crazy. I'm very blessed to have some very, very good sources. Two, the two or three yes, that are really, really, really good. And so I started working it. 
and then I came up with a list. I left Lanning on it just because I had already had to wear that and put it out there. So Lanning was on it, but I knew he was out. Well, I came up with three more names, and two of them are, uh, you know, of course, one of them was heavily involved in it but did not get it, and then the other one, the timing just didn't work out, and that's kind of good it didn't because they just mud-holed to the Cleveland Browns, and they're still playing. So it would have taken another week. But the three names I had were Sark, Kalen DeBoer, and D'Amico Ryans. And there was all kind of rumors flying about all of them. But basically, it turned into a two-horse race. Alabama went to Houston first. They talked to Sark. They kicked the tires. But they never offered him the job because they knew his wife wanted to stay in Austin. And they knew he was in heavy talks with an extension. And then immediately, they went to Seattle by Thursday. And then we all know what happened there. Because DeBoer wanted the job. He was going to take the job. They just had to work it out. So really. There was DeBoer was the number one candidate. They did vet Sark, but it was basically a two-horse race. So that's how it worked out. You know, good luck to Sark. But I will say this, and this is what one of the points I've been making, and it kind of piggybacks off something William said to start the show. And I got into a big-time argument with an idiot in New Jersey who jumped on the Alabama bandwagon <laughs> uh, back in 2015. Sorry. Sorry. He's, sitting, he's sitting there trying to tell me that the guy's not charismatic and he's not a, you know, he's not a recruiter. He can't get big time players. And I told him, I said, first of all, he coached circles around your boy Kiffin because Kiffin's asshole gets so tight when he sees Nick Saban, he can't even focus on the football field. That's proven. And I, and, 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 and then his off the field conduct sucks. And then I said, and the other thing that cannot be overlooked is he, he played against Lanning three times. He went up against Sark twice. Both of them had more talented teams, and he whipped their ass off five times. So if you can't recruit and develop, how are you 5-0 and against them? Okay? That's totally contradictory, and it shows you wouldn't know a football from a basketball. So shut up, sit down, and let the adults talk. You don't know the ball. Drew, Drew, let me tell you how right you just really are. Um, number one, um, as long as Greg Byrne is the athletic director, um, and, and I'm not going to get into the reasons why there's a part of me that doesn't think some of these reason why's should be a preventative measure for this particular candidate to be uh, the next head coach at Alabama because I've seen a lot worse behavior by a lot more successful head football coaches than this particular guy. But regardless of how you, me, Thomas, anybody else thinks how this uh, head coaching search went. As long as Greg Byrne is the head coach, uh, excuse me, the, the athletic director at Alabama, Lane Kiffin will never be a legitimate candidate. Never. I'm not saying I agree with the reasons why that was a fact, you know, three or four days ago, and it's going to be a, 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 a factor three or four years ago from now, you know, it is what it is, but I don't necessarily agree with why it is. That being said, um, the, 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 you know, and you can chime in and, and share your info with me, but from what I was told, basically me, you, and everybody else in the midst of this conversation got Jimmy Sexton. Um, you know, he, he went around the damn global coaching network that he has. And I, I can I can 100% tell you this with a degree of accuracy. Uh, Dan Lanning was never offered the job. Yep, true. Um, true. That, that was a Jimmy Sexton manufactured deal. And, you know, why would Dan Lanning want the job? I mean, the, the key thing that was told to me was um, – He's got a $30 million stock option with Nike that, that, that he can't leave. Even if he wants to, he's not going to be vested, I don't think, until he stays there for five years. Um, do I think the Sark possibility was legitimate? Uh, yes, I do, and, and I've got my reasons for saying that. Um, that being said, I, I do think it turned out to be a 
power play by Sark and Sexton to, um, you know, get Sark raised at Texas. I think from, you know, revisionist history is the worst kind of history. Um, I, I think this, you know, Greg Byrne coaching search um, that took a lot less time than, you know, than he claimed he thought he was. I think that, you know, I think DeBoer was the number one target from day one. Um, you know, I couldn't say this when, you know, Thomas and I got together earlier this week without you. And, and, and I also think that um, despite my opinion and a lot of other people's opinions, um, I think Greg Mer made the right choice. I mean, this guy is a freaking football coach. He's won at every level he's ever been at. Um, you know, I watched the press conference yesterday. Um, I'm, you know, I'm no Alabama media member. I'm just a former player. Um, but I watched that press conference yesterday, and I could nitpick it any six ways to Sunday that you want me to. Um, I would run through a brick wall for that guy. I, I think he... He, he's a guy, he, he's, you know, he, he's down home cause um, he's won everywhere that he's ever been. And, you know, anybody that's listening to the show right now and you, you remove Nick Saban and Kirby smart from the conversation, who do you think the best candidate Greg Byrne could have gotten for the job? I know what my answer would be. It'd be the guy that, uh, spent two seasons at Washington. I'm all aboard. I'm ready to go, Drew. Count me in. I'm a freaking Kalen DeBoer. <laughs> well, and, and I will I will add to that. He actually beat uh, Lanning three times and and, and Lincoln Charman twice. So he's seven and zero against those three dudes, and that's good enough for me. I, I would agree with that. But um, Thomas, I wanted to bring you into the conversation. I know. You there was you were in a group message that I'm a part of as well and said and I was at the press conference when you said this I saw the message but I think you had a similar reaction to William when you heard the press conference. So first off, I appreciate how hard you're you're making this edit of Bam's radio on me, both of you. So uh, so thank you. Hey, it's a, it's a friggin' podcast. <laughs> hey, hey, Thomas, Thomas, at least I wait for a coaching change. Drew does it every Sunday. <laughs> it's it's all good. It's all good. No. Um, so so you look at okay. Let, let let's take a step back, Drew, and I'm going to get to your question, but. You look at Kalen DeBoer. He became the guy. And you evaluate him just as a coach. I think the thing that he is ahead of the curve on specifically is his X's and O's acumen, particularly with offense. I would argue that the Alabama staff, which we're going to talk about here shortly, is – at Alabama, the best staff top to bottom that the team has had since at least 2020. And that might be because of the offensive coordinator and Ryan Grubb. And specifically, it's probably because Kalen DeBoer is that guy as an offensive coach. As an X's and O's guy, he is top notch. Then you look at questions. The questions he had, you know, he hasn't had the high-level recruiting classes for whatever reason. Let's just, let's, and you can, we can talk about that to death. But the point is he hasn't had the high-level recruiting classes, and he hasn't – and I'm putting this in air quotes – but he hasn't built a program for, for sustained success because he's been jumping around, and that's just kind of part of it if you're really, really good at your job. That's fine. I'm not going to lose my mind about it. And here comes the press conference. What do you, what it, you know, you, you kind of put together a hit list. What do you want to hear? Well, you want to hear, can he put a staff together? Because one of the big rumors is he's going to bring his entire Washington staff. Well, on offense, I'm there. On defense, eh, I'm not so much. Um, no, Thomas, I, we'll, we'll talk about that after you're done with your diet. Sure, but I, sure. I can fill in those blanks with the coaches. Sure, sure, sure. But, but, but it was one of those things that some of the, some of the early returns on uh, Kalen DeBoer is he's going to bring his whole staff from Washington. And you're like, yeah, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure. It was just, again, I'm talking pure early returns. 
Parts of that I'm not wild about, but okay, cool. But more than anything, the big question was recruiting because as good as Kalen DeBoer as an X's and O's coach is, and I think he's superb, you're going to need to keep the Jimmys and Joes. Like Brian Harson was unequivocally wrong when he said, I'll take two-star players and beat Nick Saban's five stars. That's laughably wrong. So you kind of wanted you kind of wanted to get a sense that who is this person? What is he going to be able to do? How's he going to be able to do it? So that's kind of your hit list. You, you kind of want put the, the the idea being put the fan base at ease, put the players at ease, et cetera, et cetera. He walks up and says, you know, I'm going to Nick Saban has 100 percent access. I'm going to lean on him for what we might be doing wrong. And you know, Nick Saban's greatest power was building the entire organization. So he's got someone he can lean on, happy days. He talks about the things that are going to make up his program. What is it? Energy, enthusiasm, and attention to detail, I believe. There were, there were three things throughout that, that whole thing. And it all culminates in this notion of this is a guy who understands he's walking into a situation where there's an order of magnitude more interest, at least one order of magnitude more um, tradition, and he's not going to try and reinvent the wheel. He's not. I don't, I don't buy that. And he's going to be able to sell a Nick Saban version of what he's trying to do to the Alabama football team. And what that means in the short term is that will retain a very, very good roster. I think he was able to do that in the press conference. I'm exceedingly comfortable with Kalen DeBoer. And I did make the comment, and I'll own it. I'm ready to run through a wall for the guy. Uh, you know, I, I, you know. Let's he and here's the thing: Does he still have to get the Ryan Williamses of the world to recommit? Absolutely. And talking about recruiting, I said, "Can you get Isaiah Bond back, or get Ryan Williams?" Well, Bond's off to Texas. Thank you, Deuces. Thank you for your service. Don't expect me to buy the Daniel Moore painting because I don't care anymore because you decided to make a business decision and that's fine but 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 bye thank you for your service go away um if you play alabama i hope you have no catches and fall flat on your face anyway or get ryan williams back and has he gotten ryan williams back no but you know of course he's only been at the job for three days so i'm not going to crucify him for that but if he's able he's to coming stuff, with his quarterback on a visit this weekend, Thomas. Well, and see, hashtag breaking information, such as it were. I, I didn't know that. But the point is, you know, I'm not going to crucify him for not getting Ryan Williams back within 48 hours of him being hired. I'll be a little less comfortable if he can't pull that off. It happens. But I don't know how you can look at the fact that the only peop- the only players in the transfer portal thus far – or Des Ricks, who it's been said he may come back, Amari Nyblack, and Isaiah Bond from the, the retirement changeover thing. That's a really no, big deal. Forget, hey, don't forget Antonio Kite. Kite went into the portal, too. But oh. He was not going to play. Jake Pope went to Georgia. None. Of, the only two guys so far besides that, and that was another point, too. And I, I think I said it in the start of it. Sorry, yes. Tommy. Yes. Is it Seth McLaughlin, the coach was frustrated. He wanted him to stay. But the only guys that played a ton that have left are Seth McLaughlin, Nye Black, and Bond. And I'll argue that they can all be replaced. I still think yep. Seth took too much heat, but yet he can be replaced. Um, you know what I'm saying? And so, and sure. so can, and Bond and Nye Black only combined for just under a thousand yards receiving. This ain't the rideouts. I mean, I'll go ahead and quote one of Rodney's best sources. I won't say who it is. And I won't say who the coach was that called him and told him all this shit. Only all, all I will say is he's a former Alabama assistant who's now in the NFL. That's the biggest thing I'll say. But as he said, none of these guys that have left could have even started from 17 through 2020. Okay? Right. That's a dumb fact. But, but I'm, I'm just – my thing is I'm just laying out the how do you very quickly answer the questions that surrounded Kalen DeBoer. That would be one way. And then it's also the press conference. I mean, at the end of the day, I think he's got the right stuff. I think he, he passed. Here's the thing. He passed the first test. Will there be more tests? Absolutely. And, you know, it really starts with the staff and whatnot. But why 
is there the expectation of failure? That's what I don't really get. Like, sure, can you nitpick parts of this guy? Absolutely. But for God's sake, show me a perfect football coach, and I'll show you a damn liar because it's biased. Not even Nick Saban was the, air quotes, perfect head coach. He, had, he made mistakes. He had warts. Sometimes he made, he made decisions that blew my mind. But the key thing for me is, Drew, he absolutely won the press conference. And I've been pretty vocal saying if the worst thing you can say about Kalen DeBoer is he's not Nick Saban, then my God in heaven, what are we doing here, guys? And here's the thing. He might not – he might hmm. – he, he certainly has some ingredients that are going to make him pretty successful pretty quickly. So I'm excited. I think it's great. Let's ride as far as I'm concerned. Well, look, here's what I've said, man, and I made this point on social media. If you're trying to say that he's – and you're asking that stupid-ass question, can he recruit because he's never – first of all, they kept saying he was a West Coast guy. As Coach rightly pointed out yesterday, I'm not a West Coast guy. I was only there a few years. He actually is from South Dakota, you dumb some bitches. Okay, so he's born not and bred. He he's actually not even a West Coast guy, so you're pigeonholing him. So nope, nope, here, nope. He's not. Here's the thing. Like I said, the biggest the biggest comparison. William already brought one of them up. Urban Meyer from Utah to Florida. That went pretty good. Okay, and so and then I've made two others. Of course. Uh, one of some one of them got shouted down because basketball's not football. It's not that, you idiots. What it is is it's the same type of situation, and it's not they're not the same sport, but it's the same uh, concept. Nate Oates had never been to the South. He had coached at Buffalo for God's sakes, but he's become the best recruiter in Alabama basketball history in short order. Okay, he had no ties to the SEC. He kept Antoine Petway. And DeBoer is keeping some of the guys like Robert Gillespie, Freddie Roach. Now, I know we've already had a question on that, on X about, is Drew happy Freddie Roach is being kept? No, I'm not, okay? I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm die on that hill, okay? I, I, I am not impressed with Freddie Roach. But at the same time, that's he, I'm sure he was highly recommended by Saban, and that's DeBoer's call. It's, you know, we'll see how it works out, all right? But here's the deal. I, the other situation, the other, the other way it was the same is to me, when Nick Saban left Michigan State to go to LSU, he had never coached in the South. My God, guys, every one of his assistant coaches stayed with Bobby Williams. He had to, he had to build a totally new organization, and he did it. It's about coaching. Yep. Coaching matters. Yep. Development matters. 7-0 against Lincoln Sharman, uh, you know, and against, uh, uh, you know, uh, Dan Lanning. And Steve Sarkeesian and matters. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, it, it matters. He just played for the national championship. And I had somebody tell me, well, he got embarrassed. Embarrassed? They were. It was a seven-point game with like 11 minutes to go. And then I asked the guy, to which he didn't respond, I said, what was the score of the 2018 national championship game with Clemson and Alabama? That was a blowout. You, I mean, they, but he still got them there. And he inherited a program that was four and eight. And then he went 25-3. and three. So the guy can coach his butt off, okay? And he's going to have resources that are unlimited and a recruiting base that's much, much bigger than what he had at Washington. So he's not going to forget how to coach, guys. So I'll just say this. There's been a lot of, you know, I know Auburn fans rolled Toomer's corner because Nick Saban retired. Well, like I told a very prominent person that I worked for, and I'm not going to name it, but if anybody knows who I work for, they know who he is. He and his wife are on their way to Florida. And I said, he mentioned that, and they both about ran off the road laughing because I said, well, they might want to take that toilet paper and use it for the bathroom because they're going to be disappointed. Drew, I, th I personally, this is my personal opinion on the, the whole damn press conference yesterday. And, you know, if they're Alabama fans, they came away disappointed. Um, they're, they're, they're just, you know, bent. Um, it was an impressive performance. Um, I, I look at what this guy's done in his past. Everywhere he's been, he's elevated each program from where they were, uh, when he got there to where they were when he left. And that's, you know, 
Washington, South Dakota State, Indiana. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm one of the most critical people um, in the history of Alabama football about our own program. And I'm willing to give this guy a chance. Um, I, I think he is, he, he, like, I, like I said earlier, um, you know, you take Kirby out of the equation. Nick Saban retires. Um, you know, what are my top three options for, you know, bringing a coach into play? And I'm sitting here looking at it like uh, it's it's Kalen DeBoer from Washington, you know, the guy that, you know, um, maybe fell a couple of sh- uh, steps short in the in the national championship game. And then you back out of that and you look at the fact that, you know, he's beaten Steve Sarkeesian twice. Um, he's beaten Dan Lanning twice. You know, he's beaten Lincoln Riley once. Uh, you know, I'm more than ready to ride with that guy. I, I mean, I, I think that guy's got what it takes to be a winning football coach. And I really don't care what you're – outside questions or concerns are about um the the record speaks for itself and and that's why i brought up the you know the urban meyer hire from utah to florida that that's what it smells and reminds me of the most well and i'll just update the staff guys all right i i you know ryan grubb is coming nick saban tried to hire him last year He's not going to be the head football coach of the Washington Huskies. Arizona coach Jed Fish is going to be the new head football coach of Washington. So, and then, so I I think, I'll just say this, watch the quarterback room going forward with Grubb now officially coming. He is going to be there, uh, you know, uh, and and so he'll be there. And I know uh, it was just recently uh, confirmed by Chris Lowe um, that, uh, that two, cause see, I, again, I thought four guys had a chance to stay for Alabama. Two of them have Robert Gillespie, Freddie Roach, Robert Bala. We'll see on Bala. There hasn't been anything, uh, announced yet linebacker wise. Um, we'll see. He's, he was the inside linebackers coach. Uh, and then Joe Cox, but Joe Cox, uh, will not, uh, be there. He will, it's uh, going to be uh, because, uh, as we as we said, Jamarcus Shepard is, is coming to be the wide receivers coach, uh, and he's and Nick Saban wanted to talk to him about coming to Alabama, maybe leaving Washington. But he's a stud, Jamarcus Shepard. He's going to come in and be uh, coach the wide receivers, and then and then as I said, uh, the tight ends coach is coming as well. Nick Sheridan is going to be the tight ends coach to replace Joe Cox, Scott Huff is going to be the out the offensive line coach. They won the Joe Moore Award as the best offensive line in college football last year, even though they struggled a little bit against that Michigan defense, but they still were outstanding. They, they gave up 12 sacks all year. Alabama gave up 49. That's all you need to know. So, uh, you know, they he did a great job. So he's coming uh, to be a part of the staff. And as we said, Robert Gillespie will be the running backs coach. So basically uh, your, your staff on the offensive side is done uh, defensively. Um, from what I understand, uh, you know, they, I think uh, that so far that's that's been Freddie Roach looks like he'll probably be back. I would he's going to be back. I'd say he's the defensive line coach, uh, no doubt about it. I mean, I think there's no no, no question uh, that he's going to be that uh, that he'll be that he'll probably stay at the same position. No no question about that. Uh, and then uh, and then uh, I think also. Um, as far as the uh, some of the other staff members um, at uh, Alabama, I think you're going to see uh, the only only one that I've heard for sure from Washington that's coming on the defensive side of the ball has been with him uh, through with to Coach DeVore through all the way back to Sioux Falls. I mean, he's been with him everywhere. He was with him at Fresno. He's with him at Washington, and that's Chuck Morrill. He's the co DC and safeties coach. Now I got to watch. Saban was talking too heavily. I wouldn't be surprised if he's co-DC and, and linebackers coach. I don't know if it'll be inside or out. I wouldn't be surprised if it's outside. Is But it could be inside. Either one is DJ Durkin, who's, of course, uh, been a consultant with Saban before for bowl preparation. He's been a DC at Michigan. He's been a DC at Texas A&M and at Ole Miss. 
uh, and he was a head coach at Maryland. We know how that ended, but still, he's known as a great recruiter. Uh, you know, he's been at Florida. He's been under Will Muschamp. So I wouldn't be surprised if Durkin's on the staff and maybe the co-DC. And then, William, I, I'll let you uh, kind of fill this in. But I know special teams-wise that he could also coach uh, probably inside linebackers. Uh, there's a very prominent recruiter that has been at both Ole Miss and Michigan that I know you had heard about. Um, you know, all we're talking about here is, you know, a guy that might be the next uh, – you know, special teams coach or outside linebackers coach, maybe the, um, you know, the D.C. And, you know, if that's what Nick Saban and uh, Kalen DeBoer wants for, you know, the next episode of Alabama football, then I'm good with it. I mean, I, go ahead, Bert. Go ahead, Drew. No, I was – but I was talking about also Chris Partridge. Chris Partridge, uh, I know he was dismissed from Michigan. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> he uh, – he, he's, he, he did a great job both at Ole Miss and Michigan as a recruiter. Uh, he's a special teams guy. I know the word is that Saban had interviewed him to potentially be the special teams coach. He also has a lot of experience as a linebackers coach. Uh, those linebacker duties could be split up between Chris Partridge uh, and, uh, you know, DJ Durkin. I wouldn't be surprised if they were. So I would look for both of those names to potentially be a part of things. I haven't heard a lot about Partridge today, but that doesn't mean this might not happen. I have heard Durkin's name since Saban uh, before, right before he retired. So I would, and I know DJ Durkin's name was brought up by Pat Smith of uh, the next round, and of course, uh, or he, excuse me, of uh, WJOX Radio. I'm sorry, he uh, he's uh, on uh, Three Man Front, but uh, those guys, he works with those guys at the next round very closely. But I would watch for Chris Partridge and DJ Durkin. Those are two names of interest. I know there's some buzz out there about T-Rob maybe not being locked in with Georgia. That'll be something to watch because right now, you know, from what I understand, uh, Chuck Morrill coaches safety, so they would need a cornerback coach. So we're going we're gonna to monitor that going forward. But like I say, it looks like the offensive staff, uh, you know, is uh, no doubt uh, locked into place. Uh, very excited about that because I think overall, when you look at it, um, I think that that uh, that's a very solid offensive staff, uh, no doubt about it. And uh, and I think when you look at uh, who else uh, may very well be uh, coming, another very interesting name is Jarrett McElwain, which is the son of Coach Jim McElwain. I love Coach Mac. He's going to be the director of scouting for Alabama. He was the director of scouting, uh, you know, for uh, – uh, you know, for the Washington Huskies, so very excited, you know, about that. Uh, and I, I think that, uh, that that's got a chance to, to be a really uh, good staff. And then, of course, Courtney Morgan, who is the general manager and the director of player personnel, he's coming. He was at Michigan. He helped build that roster and Washington. He's very, very good. And then as of right now, from what I understand, Alabama feels very, very good uh, about, you know, they've been working it hard because, of course, Georgia, other teams are going to try to poach their players, no doubt about it, or Alabama's players. Uh, you know, Caleb Downs is a wanted guy. But I think with Robert Gillespie saying, that's going to ensure the rest of the running backs stay, in my opinion, including, uh, as you know, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Justin Payne and Jam Miller, I think they're going to stay. I think they're going to be able to keep Caleb Downs. I know, uh, you know, Malachi Moore has taken a very active role and he and that tight. So I just think overall, everything's being handled. There was going to be some attrition, but it's not something to become alarmed about because, uh, you know, there's been a couple of prominent guys that have gone into the transfer portal today uh, from the University of Washington. And, uh, you know, I think Alabama could be, you know, heavily involved with both of them. There's no question about it, uh, you know, when it's all said and done. I mean, Jamar Muhammad, uh, he's a uh, all Pac 12 corner that has already admitted that Kalen DeBoer has been in contact with him. And then an all-pack 12 offensive guard for Washington has also gone into the portal. So I would just say uh, that, uh, you know, they, they just to let things play out. And I think Alabama and, uh, and Kalen DeBoer are going to be just fine. I mean, this guy develops players. He's a relationship guy. Ryan Williams, I believe, is stated to come on his visit next week. Uh, and William kind of hinted at K.J. Lacey coming with him. Because you got to understand, with Nick Saban retiring, 
the recruiting board changes. You know, the kind of player that maybe Kalen DeVore is looking for changes. So K.J. Lacey, uh, their quarterback who's committed to Texas, he may be more of a guy that Kalen DeVore likes than George McIntyre. So if you get K.J. Lacey, perhaps that also helps you with uh, Ryan Williams. And, and I'll just be honest. Isaiah Bond, he certainly left to go to Texas. Uh, I, if I were don't, if the, I don't, the one that the guy that should feel the most frustrated is uh, Daniel Moore because it's going to be hard to sell. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the uh, Grave Digger uh, print with him gone, and we don't even know how the quarterback room is going to play out. So we'll see about that. So that's that's just that's kind of frustrating. There's no doubt about it. But again, I just think overall, when you look at it, um, I still say coaching matters. Getting the right head coach matters. With this transfer portal stuff and NIL, players come, players go. He's already proven he can put together rosters. And this Alabama offense was good, not great last year. You know, we'll see who he can bring in. It's more about who you replace uh, when guys leave and bring them in from the portal. Because you can sometimes you can upgrade, sometimes you can't. And William and I were talking about this off the air. I mean, a lot of those guys that left Alabama last year, the Jojo Earl, uh, you know, the Tommy Brocker Myers, uh, you know, Trey Sanders, even I love Trey, comeback story. Uh, you look at all the Jarquez Robinson. Uh, you, you look at all these guys that, that left Alabama, they, they did not put up numbers. I mean, there's only really been three guys that have done a lot. You know, Jalen Hurts had a great year at Oklahoma. Certainly Drew Sanders had a great year at Arkansas. Both those guys are in the National Football League. So, I mean, like I said, there, there's not been a lot of guys that have left Alabama, uh, you know, and become great players. So, I mean, it, it's it, most of the time these guys leave, they don't put up as good a numbers. They, the grass is not always greener on the other side. So, I, if I if you're an Alabama fan, I, I, I would not, you know, become disconsolate over guys leaving in the transfer portal because – most of the time, they weren't going to play a whole lot. Or, again, uh, you know, they're guys that maybe had attitude issues or just never, uh, you know, weren't as good as, as hoped. Because in recruiting, it's still a crap. You, you still don't always get it right. So, again, I just think overall when you look at it, it's, uh, you know, it's not one of those things where guys that leave and go into the transfer portal most of the time. You know, I will say Javon Baker had a good career at UCF. But at Alabama, he didn't do things the right way. So, again, I just think overall when you look at it, uh, Alabama's in, still in strong shape. And I'm looking forward to seeing this coaching staff go to work uh, in the spring. And then I'm looking forward to seeing what they do in the portal going forward and then you know, and, and, and if they can get Ryan Williams back. Because I'm not going to sit here and say that's over with just because he visited Texas A&M and then, you know, he's going to visit Auburn and things of that nature. Because Auburn didn't get Travarius Robinson. They brought back Wesley McGriff after, you know, uh, Zach Etheridge and Craig Cardell Williams, you know, left the staff. So, again, you know, I would just give Kalen DeBoer an opportunity to, to put his stamp on things. And certainly, I mean, I think it's the best hire of the offseason because it's very, very difficult to hire a head coach at a program that just played for a national championship. And there's only one program that could do that, and it's the one that is pound for pound Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time, and that's Alabama. That's what Nick Saban did for Alabama football. His 17-year run with six national championships, it could have been 10, he separated Alabama from everybody else, including Notre Dame. Notre Dame is you know, just a few short years away from 40 years, and I will throw a party when that happens, and they have not won a national championship. And, what Al and, and, you know, Coach Bryant, the one team he had the worst luck against was Notre Dame. They cost Alabama probably two or three more national championships. But the beautiful thing about it is, is that, and, and, I think it's, and, and I think it's irony, is that Nick Saban made up for all that. He made up for 66 and 73 with 2012 and 2020, and he took a damn sledgehammer and he smashed the Irish and everybody else, because since 1920s all the way to now, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world is Alabama, and that's why they went out and hired Kalen DeBoer, who said himself yesterday, as I will close my diatribe, is that this is the only job very likely that I would have left Washington for, and it's the University of Alabama, because, again, it's a program that is really incomparable when it comes to support, facilities, 
uh, resources and everything else. But it's still a great time to be an Alabama fan, no question about it. Well, Drew, why don't we why don't we get, we've we took some questions from Twitter. Why don't we jump into a few of those? I'll run right. down. We did a good you did a good job breaking down the staff. And so I, I, we appreciate everyone's question. A lot of them have been answered already. I'll try and massage the few that, that we didn't really talk about. But uh, here's my question to you uh, from, from our friend Paul on X, Twitter, whatever the hell you want to call it. doesn't really matter. With all the NIL portaling, will pay-for-play go away? And who are the adults that could reform this? What do you think, Drew? What do we think of the NIL pay-for-play problem that is currently infesting college football? Well, I mean, I think that it's certainly a problem. I think there's – and coaches know it, and they're really, really frustrated. So, and, and honestly, it may help it with Nick Saban stepping away from coaching his team because I think he cares about the game. I do think within a couple of years they are going to have guardrails and, and they are going to have changes to this. And – it's going to probably be put in the control of each individual school. Uh, and then the school right now, the school kind of has to distance itself from it. So I think, you know, that's one thing that I, I would watch for. Uh, no question. I think that, uh, that, uh, that they will put some guardrails. They will uh, put like a cap on it. Cause there's a cap in pro sports. I mean, the money being thrown around by some of these schools is insane. They will still be haves and have nots, but I definitely think it's going to be, uh, you know, regulated. So, you know, I don't think they don't want it to be this wild west thing that's going on right now. And they're going to try to do away with some of the tampering that's going on. So I definitely think what Paul crew asked, I, I definitely think in the near future. And if you listen to Josh Pate, who's as plugged in as anybody, he's hinted strongly at it. So yes, I think there's enough people becoming aligned now with how big a problem it is, Thomas, that it's going to be regulated. And as a follow-up to the whole NIL thing, uh, and William, did you have something to say? I apologize. No, I don't. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, follow-up to the NIL thing, given that Nick Saban has retired, do you think that Alabama's going to have to step up their NIL game? You know, the uh, essentially, do the NIL packages have to grow because the panache of Nick Saban is no, no longer in Tuscaloosa? No, I, I mean, I do think they're, that the yay Alabama thing is starting to get off the ground, though. Um, I, and, I, and Alabama's going to play the NIL game. Now, they, they're not going to have to play it, you know, as much as a, a team, a school like Ole Miss, because Ole Miss has to go out and buy players because, they, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin is the most overrated recruiter in the history of man. He's lazy, and he doesn't recruit high school players very well. He, that's why he has to be the portal king, and that's why they need a lot of NIL because they have to basically go out and buy their football team. You know what I'm saying? That's just a fact. Now, we'll see if it works. Two years ago, he tried to buy a team, and they went 7-5. and five. Now, he's had two 10-win-plus seasons, though, and done a great job. But, again, I, I don't I, – Alabama is not going to have to go out and buy an entire football team. The, the backbone of their team is still going to be recruiting high school players the occasional junior college player and developing talent. They don't have to go steal somebody else's because they don't coach them well enough and they can't, you know, recruit well enough. So that's the reason, uh, you know, that, uh, that, you know, Ole Miss has uh, been successful because they've gone out and they've been aggressive and they've raised some money, but we'll see because it's hard to put together a team of mercenaries. We'll see if it does work though. Uh, but again, I just think overall, Alabama's going to have an NIL game. They're going to choose their battles still. But I, I, I'll just equate it like this, Thomas. If Kalen DeBoer, who had a $9 million a year extension on his desk that he never signed at Washington, thought that Alabama was not all in in every aspect of their program, including NIL, he would never have left Washington to come to Alabama. Okay? Alabama will give you every resource possible. And, and, and some schools don't have to use NIL as much as others because, again, they have a better program. So I still think Alabama is one of the top two to three programs in the country. Historically, it's the top ever. And I just think overall they uh, are still going to be in an advantage because, again, 
they're going to choose their battles, but they're not going to be as aggressive. Like uh, Ole Miss's uh, high school class was not very good. It was just so – it was all right, but it, it didn't have the impact players that Alabama did because they were going into the transfer portal. So there's, there's different ways to skin a cat. But also you have to look at Kalen DeBoer's record uh, of in the portal at Washington. It was very, very good. So uh, whoever he brings into Alabama I think is going to be a really good fit. I gotcha. So uh, I know this is, I'm going to formally ask this question and we've already talked about it, but there there are really two more left. Um, Do you have a specific, do you think Caleb down, put it to you this way. What do you think of this staff's recruiting ability of the crew that the rumored crew and does that recruiting ability include retaining the services of one Caleb Downs? Yes, they're going. They're they're doing everything they can to retain Caleb Downs. Uh, I've already said he and Malachi Moore are very tight. They understand the importance of Caleb Downs. He was the national freshman of the year. He's a backbone of that defense. He's much more important than Isaiah Overrated and Amari dropped the ball. Okay, he. I mean, he's be, those two guys were good players, Amari Nye Black and Isaiah Overrated. But you know, they both of them are gone now. So it is what it is. I mean, I guess Nye Black could change his mind. And again, they're both good players, but they're not top three round draft pick guys right now. They're not uh, irreplaceable. So, I mean, I, 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 I'll kind of go back to your mantra earlier. Thank you for your service. We appreciate it. Uh, but you've, you've tarnished your own legacy. I mean, Isaiah Bond, I think, was short-sighted in what he did. I mean, he could have made – he, he would have got paid in IL. And he could have made a ton of money around Tuscaloosa for what he did, but he left to take a money grab at Texas, and his numbers might not even be what they would have been under DeBoer at Alabama, which is he wouldn't even take DeBoer's phone call, which shows you how stupid some of these people are. So, I mean, and guess what? Before somebody tells me they're college kids and don't say anything about them, you, that can go straight to hell in a handbasket because these kids are getting paid. So if you're going to go out and do stuff like this, your ass is going to be called out by name and you're going to take the criticism. So buck up, Buttercup, because you got to pay taxes and you're going to you're going to take it now. Ain't none of this can't criticize a college kid. These guys are basically professionals. OK, so if you want to jump around like a free agent, if you go out at Texas and you drop three passes, Get ready to have it rammed straight up your ass. Oh, the, yeah, you're preaching to the choir on that. You take the money, well, that comes with certain expectations. And, you know, I said it, I believe, two weeks ago. There's a reason that 15 is 15 and he's not Dallas Turner. There's a reason that 31 is 31 and he's not Will Anderson. They never finished the drill. I understand they made a professional choice because they're professionals, but, well, you never finished. And that's what you were here for. So, Thank you for your service. Good luck in the NFL. Good luck at Texas. Good luck at wherever. Bye. But, you know, one more time, uh, one last question, and then we'll get on out of here. Could you just run down who you think the defensive staff is, you know, as we sit here Sunday evening as we record to release on Monday? We're getting a lot of variations on what's the defensive staff look like if you, you know, just, I know you've said it, but just one more time formally, cause I've got like six variations of that same question in my Twitter feed. Well, I'll just say, and let me just say too, I don't put Dallas Turner and Will Anderson in the same category as Nye Black and, and, uh, and Isaiah drop, uh, Isaiah overrated because I'm just saying, uh, you know, Dallas finished his career at Alabama. He's going on to be a first round pick. He did his job. He's SEC defensive player of the year. Will Anderson, two-time unanimous All-American, number three pick in the draft, NFL All-Rookie team. He finished the drill, too. He didn't opt out of a bowl game. He finished his journey at Alabama. Uh, you know, Isaiah Bond and Nye Black should have, and Nye Black still could, I guess. But Isaiah decided to take the money and run, as the song goes, and we'll see how it goes for him. It hasn't gone so well for others uh, that left Alabama. But I'll just say this. As far as the, the uh, coaching staff, I'd say defensive line, Freddie Roach, uh, right now, Chuck Morrill, co-DC, secondary coach, uh, you know, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if DJ Durkin, you know, ended up being co-DC and potentially inside linebackers or outside linebackers coach, one of the two. Um, I, I would say probably outside. And then, you know, you look at uh, Chris Partridge, he could come in and be special teams and inside backers coach potentially. 
Robert Bala could still be retained. That's another name to watch uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And then uh, they need a cornerbacks coach. Uh, we'll see if these Traverius Robinson rumors are, are, are true, if they're still trying to battle to keep him, or if he signed his contract with Georgia. We don't know. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, those are just some of the names so far that are in the mix for the, uh, you know, do, uh, the uh, special teams coaches and uh, our special teams coach, pardon me, and uh, the defensive staff at Alabama. As we said, the offensive staff uh, has all is already basically now uh, intact. And we know who's coming there uh, when you talk about Grubb, Shepard, Robert Gillespie being retained. Uh, and of course, Gr- uh, you know, uh, and, and then Shepard being the wide receivers coach, Grubb, the OC, QB coach, uh, no doubt about it, uh, you know, and then uh, Scott Huff being the uh, uh, the offensive line coach. So I think we pretty much already know uh, who's going to be the offensive staff at Alabama. We're just waiting to see, you know, who that defensive staff is. And those are some of the names to watch, Thomas. No, I appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners appreciate it as well. Uh, as always, if you'd like to ask a question, I'm, I, I need to get better at this on Twitter. But if you want to get to the front of the line, you're welcome to hit us up on Patreon at patreon.com slash bamsradio. Five bucks a month gets you essentially, if it's, you know, if you hit me up tomorrow with a question, I'll text Drew and William and get you an answer. If it's later on in the week, you'll be first question answered on Bams Radio. But, well, uh, and I, I want to add one more thing, too. Sure. Because I'm sure the listeners would want to know it. I, I put this on my ex account. But just for the show, too, because everybody wants to know who's left, you know, because Isaiah Bond is gone. Nye Black went into the portal. Uh, we know that Ja'Cory Brooks has already transferred to Louisville. Uh, Tyu Jones-Bell, who wasn't even on the team, he's gone into the transfer portal. But here right now is the, is the wide receiver. Counting the signees that they, that they got in the early period, the wide receiver room on scholarship would be Jalen Hale, Kobe Prentice, Kendrick Law, Emmanuel Henderson, Cole Adams, Jaron Hamilton, and then signees Rico Scott, Amari Jeff- Jefferson, and Bubba Hampton. And then we'll see what happens if they can bring somebody in the portal. Uh, you know, and remember Jermaine Burton went pro, but we'll see if they can go get and get somebody in the portal now. And then, you know, we'll go and we'll see, you know, if, uh, if they can get Ryan Williams, because I don't think that's off the table by any stretch of the imagination. We will see. Uh, but again, those are the guys, and then it, it tied in. I know Miles Kitzelman left along with Nye Black, but they still got Danny Lewis, who's a good young player. I, and, I, and now that Nye Black is gone, I would not be surprised if they had somebody. And don't forget about the other signee, Caleb Odom, too, who many think is the best flex tight end in the class. He's already enrolled early, and he might be better than Amari Nye Black. So, you know, who knows? With DeBoer's coaching and, and Coach Shepard, we may be saying Isaiah who and Amari, what's his name? by the third game of the season if Nye Black ultimately does decide to leave. So I wouldn't stress over it too much, you know, uh, for all the Alabama fans out there. Just be glad that DeBoer is here with his staff and let them put the roster together. And I'm sure that's something we're going to be talking about uh, for the duration throughout the spring uh, on BAM's radio. No, absolutely. That's going to be a thing. But if something breaks and you want to get a hold of Drew, William, or I, Kick us five bucks a month on Patreon. You're front of front of the line, and I'll get you an answer as quick as I can. Realize that this is not my day job. I, I do have one of those too. So if it takes me 24 to 36, just, just bear with me. But I will go as quickly as I can. But this has been a really good show, and thank y'all so much for the questions. And Drew, I have one more for you because you weren't with us for our favorite save for our reacting to Nick Saban retirement show, but. If you don't mind, give me your favorite Saban memory, and then you can take us on out of here for the night. Well, sure. It'll be my the, the one that, that, that will go down for me is my one moment in the sun, my 15 minutes of fame. And here's the irony. It was, a, it was after, I think, Alabama played uh, Fresno State uh, in 2017, and they struggled along the offensive line, gave up a lot of sacks, didn't play particularly well. And in the, I was called on for the last question of the press conference post game, and I asked Coach Saban about the offensive line execution. Did not expect him to turn around and ask me what I thought about it. And of course, as everyone knows, my answer was so-so. And then he said, "Well, if we watch the film and we decide that, then I'm, I'll, then I can come back and hire your ass." 
and here's the irony about that story, Thomas. I found this out yesterday. Never really thought about it. I asked Kalen DeBoer, who is like who influenced his offensive philosophy and his and how he coaches and, the, and schematically why he does things. He said, "Well, I couldn't name just you know. There's there's been hundreds, but he said Jeff Tedford is a guy that I really respect and that I worked for. And he said, and we came to Fresno State, didn't have a great night, but we you know we were able to compete here against Alabama. And then I thought about it, Thomas." Kalen DeBoer was the offensive coordinator that game. The higher your ass comment. How ironic is that? Yeah, it's it is in fact a small world after all. That's a good one. And you know, we, William and I kicked that around. That was how we closed the show after kind of being, not kind of being shocked. You know, we were kind of reacting live. So, well, Thomas, it'll probably be the only time in my life that something I'm involved in and ever led off Sports Center. And uh, and ESPN doc it was at the top of ESPN.com. So that's the that's the star power Nick Saban would give you if he gave you the platform. That's great. Well, why don't we get on out of here and uh, I I will chop it up for our listeners. All right, man. Appreciate you. Th- thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bams Radio. Uh, we'll be with you throughout the spring. This is kind of a wild circumstance. And if you again, as I've said, if I said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. Shoot us questions on Twitter whenever you like. If you want to move to the front of the line, hit us up on patreon.com slash bamsradio. But that's it for this episode of BAMS. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your evening. Good night and roll tide.